The great outdoors is a place of enjoyment, peace, and solitude. But at times, the outdoors experience goes dark. Increasingly, outdoors lovers are encountering criminal elements, psychos, dangerous wildlife, and strange weather occurrences. Our goal is to raise awareness by equipping you with cutting-edge information and to shine light into the dark outdoors. Welcome to Dark Outdoors. This is Chester Moore. A man pulled up in a white van at around 1 a.m. in the dunes of High Island, Texas. A young man, 17 years old, and his father were fishing for bull redfish in the fall bull redfish run. The young man looked back and saw the van and kind of thought it was weird. But his dad said, ah, it's probably someone coming out to dump trash because the man was pulling something out of the vehicle. Then a few minutes later, they looked back and saw that the man had a shovel and was digging a deep hole and placing these bags in a deep hole in the dunes. So they reeled their lines in and they sped out of there thinking something really strange is going on. A short while later, headlines across every newspaper in Texas and around the country revealed the man in the van was Dean Coral who was convicted of killing at least 28 young boys in the Houston area. And yes, he dumped some bodies in the High Island area. This story was shared with me by the man himself who looked back as a 17-year-old way back then and saw this terrifying situation unfold. And he said it haunted him his whole life. So in this episode of Dark Outdoors... I'm going to share some wild encounters with crazy, dangerous people that others have encountered, I have encountered, and interview a friend of mine who encountered a bloody, bearded man in the woods. Wild stuff on this week's episode of Dark Outdoors. The 1981 cult classic Southern Comfort details a group of National Guardsmen led by Powers Booth who come across Cajuns in the vast Atchafalaya Basin Swamp. They do not take too kindly to outsiders. When Deep Woods hunter Todd Haney was 15 years old, he encountered something similar along the lonesome Sabine River corridor on the Texas-Louisiana border. Quote, My encounter was something that could have come right out of that movie, he said. I had put a trot line out in the backwaters on the Louisiana side of the Sabine. I was around 15 years old. After a few weeks, the river started to drop out, so I went to take the line up and move it out to the main river. The line was about a mile from the river through a narrow channel. When I got about three quarters of the way in, I noticed a camp on a ridge consisting of a tent and some typical camping supplies, but no one was in sight. I didn't think much of it, other than that it's in a remote, large, backwood cypress swamp where the line was. I saw a boat pulled up to the bank about 100 yards to the right, still not very concerned because I was just going to be in there a few minutes. Just long enough to take up the line, I proceeded to take it up. That's when things got scary. He said, quote, I got about half of the hooks off the line when I heard the sound of a person walking in the leaves on the bank in front of me and with a heavy Cajun accent speaks, what are you doing back here? Haney was alone with his pit bull terrier babe who went everywhere with him and, of course, a weapon, a Marlin 22. 
I'm taking this lion up that I put out here about two weeks ago, Haney replied. The man with the caged accent had a different idea. That's my line. You'd better get the fill-in-the-blank out of here, or I'm going to blow that fill-in-the-blank again boat right out from under you. He could see the man about 50 yards away, and he was holding what looked like a shotgun in his hands. I said, okay, but reached down and grabbed my knife and cut the line in two just for spite, Haney said. Quote, as I eased out of the cypress swamp, I saw another man now standing near the boat that I saw earlier. Thinking back, those were direct threats to my life in the exchange of words. It was 34 years ago now, and I can't remember exactly what was said, but I knew they weren't joking. Turns out a pair of brothers from nearby had murdered someone and were hiding, and in hindsight, Haney thinks he encountered those men. Quote, I had just watched Southern Comfort a year earlier. I never thought... I would live it. In increasing numbers, people across North America are going missing in the wild. Dark Outdoors is committed to shining light on this topic and raising awareness when public interest in these cases fades away. This episode's Missing in the Wild is a strange case of Vincent Berardi, age 23. He was the last seen in his North Texas home Friday, May 19th. At the time, he was wearing a polo shirt, a red polo shirt, and tan khakis. His car was found at the Davy Crockett National Forest near the community of Ratcliffe. At this stage, authorities do not suspect foul play and even suspect he possibly could have been picked up by a friend. But anyone with information is asked to contact the Houston County Sheriff's Department at 936-544-2862 or the Fort Worth Police Department at 817 392 4200. We are committed on Dark Outdoors to raising awareness of people missing in the wild. If you have a relative, a friend, or someone you know that went missing in the wild, maybe even years ago, please share it with us. We would love to get the information out there. In fact, after I gave my Dark Outdoors presentation at Texas Frightmare Weekend, we came across relatives of Molly Miller. Go check out Operation Find Molly Miller. That's Operation Find Molly Miller on Facebook. This beautiful young lady went missing more than a decade ago. It's a sad, sad situation, and the family, relatives, and friends need answers. So Operation Find Molly Miller on Facebook. But then the lowest level, the scariest level, would be a human predator running into a Ted Bundy-type figure in the woods. That's why I got my good friend, Lou Marillo. No, he's not like Ted Bundy, I promise. But um, <laughs> although he claims to be good looking, I think Bundy did too. I think I said the same thing. But that's the only thing. But uh, Lou Marillo is a hunting editor for Texas Fish and Game Magazine. He has a new book out. You want to check out an audio book called String Theory for Bowhunters. You can find that on most audio book platforms. It's an incredible listen. But he told me about a place that I hunted with him near Ithaca, New York, and a bloody bandaged up guy he ran into at dark 30. Tell us that story. Oh, Chester, let me tell you. Yeah, to get to, get to Ithaca, you know, we've got, it's an hour drive from where I live. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, I mean well, I, I'm up at really dark 30 in the morning, and I drive to the spot. And uh, I'm, all, I'm alone now because I get out of the vehicle, and my buddies, they go to the next spot, which mm-hmm. is, Oh, half a mile down from where I am, three quarters of a mile away. And uh, I get all my gear and I'm walking down 
I got a flashlight and I'm walking down to a railroad tracks down there. Mm-hmm. And I get down on the tracks and now I've got to make a long journey on the tracks to, to where the tree stand was. And, uh, you know, the tracks covered water and there, there, were, there were bridges that I had to stay on the railroad tracks to cross the bridge. It's not a problem. I've done it a million times. So I'm walking down there towards uh, towards my uh, tree stand, and all of a sudden I've got the flashlight and I catch movement. And I thought, what, I spook a deer up? I didn't hear any deer blowing at me or anything. What is it? And I stopped where I was, and I put the flashlight, and I saw this bloody guy. I mean, a beard. I mean, it looked like he'd, he'd lived in the woods, and he might have been living right there. I don't know. But he's walking towards me, and I'm thinking, what? Who is this guy? I mean, <laughs> yeah, who yeah. is out at this time of the day, you know, walking towards me, looking, and I'm thinking, okay, I've got a bow in my hand. I don't know what this guy's got in his hand. But, yeah. Uh, you know, uh, it was really a nerve-wracking experience when we finally did pass each other. Nothing was said. I didn't say, hello, how you doing? Didn't say anything. I just kept on walking. But then I, after I passed him, my ears were totally tuned to what was behind me okay. because I thought, if I hear him coming close to me, I'm going to have to really get serious and do something here. Now, you said this guy was bloody. Scary thing. You said he was bloody. He was all bloody. His face was bloody. It was like he, it was like he just got in a fight. His face was bloody, and it was a, he had a big kind of grayish beard. And I'm thinking, this guy is... <laughs> <laughs> oh man i don't know i don't know how he got bloodied up i don't know you know but i've been watching psi too many times i guess or <laughs> i had all kinds of episodes running in my brain at that time look it's either a serial killer or a zombie is what i'm thinking <laughs> <laughs> i'm telling you it was enough to wake me up well, you know, no, no, I'm tired. I was. I just need a cup of coffee after that. Yeah, you had your <laughs> shot of adrenaline times ten. You probably had an adrenaline headache after that one. <laughs> oh yeah, it was pretty serious. But pretty you know, serious. you got it. That just shows that you have to be prepared because you don't know who you're going to come in contact with. You know, those <laughs> things are those things are real. You know, and that's why I want to raise awareness to it. And you mentioned the, the crazy, bloody guy on the railroad track. But there's another story you told me because sometimes dangerous people aren't just in the deep woods, sometimes there could be woods around the neighborhood. And you mentioned one time, I think your wife was walking somewhere and a van pulls up. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. This was right just outside my city mm-hmm. that I'm living in. Mm-hmm. Um, I was away on tour mm-hmm. at the time and, uh, she, she likes to take these walks all the time. So she was walking and, and, uh, when she was coming back, it was, it was winter time because she had a, a, her, winter coat you could tell it was a female she had a winter coat on mm-hmm. this car passed her and uh, stopped on the bridge on a bridge down here mm-hmm. and uh, she thought well this is kind of strange i stopped right in the middle of the bridge sure and then he opened up the door got out turned his radio full blast mm. and then opened up the back door no sir that's buffalo bill from silence of the lambs type stuff no he stood he, he stood there waiting for my wife to come and Mm-mm. she's thinking Okay, this there's something wrong here. This sure. is you know, there's something wrong. Why is she doing this? She's got the radio up so nobody will hear her, and uh, the back back door is open for her to you know who knows what's going to happen. And um, you know, just as she was debating on what's going to happen, what's she going to do, she stood there for a minute. 
in a place where nobody ever goes, all of a sudden three different cars showed up, three different directions, and they it was it was like an intersection and, yeah. and the main road and the road that she was on. And they came at the same time, mm-hmm. and that's when she scooted around over the bridge and got to got in the city in case something else happened to her homes around there. But wow. can you imagine that? Man. That was, man. you know, but for the grace of God, honestly, you know, really, this is, uh, you know, she she got scared and told me all about it on the phone that night. And I said, boy, don't you ever walk like that again. That's terrible. Terrible. Uh, well, the reason it's important to talk about stuff like this because, you know, bad people like to use remote spots, even if it's just, just out of the city. Because there's less oh, yeah. eyeballs, you know, and um, yeah, that's right. And we got a lot of people listening to the show that don't necessarily hunt or fish, and they like to walk or hike in areas, and especially women. We want them to be very careful for the predator mm-hmm. for the predators that are out there like that. I mean, that's like science of the lambs level stuff. The van open up, the loud noise. Hey, you know, oh, whatever. Yeah. And oh, um, yeah. you know, we have a, a young lady that uh, that was pretty close to me. My wife, she's 18 years old, and mm-hmm. um, she was she was in our Wild Wishes program that we do. And she mm-hmm. has a, uh, a service dog. It's a pit bull. And mm-hmm. uh, sh- s- these group of guys tried to take her. And uh, oh and her pit was behind her. And then her pit came out and uh, ran him off. And, uh, good. And I said, the only thing wrong with this story is that the police didn't have to come with a vice grip and take the pit bull's mouth off the guy's <laughs> testicles. That's the only <laughs> thing wrong with the story. You know, and so I always tell, especially women, you know, don't go in some remote area alone. Um, Mm -hmm. I know we like to talk about feminism and we're tough and all this kind of stuff, but these monsters are willing to do whatever. You got to be careful. And um, the other side of the the, the equation would be, um, you know, going groups. Those kind of things are safer. And if you feel a bad vibe, don't go. You know, I say That's that right. the Holy Spirit saying, "Don't go to that spot." That's a that that could be a bad situation. And um, That's right. the problem is, yeah. you know, you you work in the wildlife media as well. You're very unpolitically correct. You just like to tell the mm-hmm. truth, like the rest of us. You know, we're not trying to be bound by some stupid idea. But the corporate right. wildlife media, Lou, doesn't like to talk about this stuff. Pray, prepare, and pack heat. It's time for some dark outdoors defense strategies and techniques. I have come to believe that one of the greatest things you can do to protect yourself in the wild is to carry bear spray. You know, there's pepper spray and mace for people. Bear spray is, of course, designed for bears. But bear spray can also be a good defense against other animals, feral dogs, maybe rabid coyotes. Anything that comes against you, especially in an area where you cannot carry a firearm. But here is the other thing. Bear spray comes in larger cans. You can get large cans and spray a large shot of bear spray designed to take out a grizzly incapacitate its breathing a little bit, uh, its eyes, distract the bear. And here's something else to consider. If some psycho is approaching you with a knife or even at gunpoint or is trying to rape you, or whatever's going on in the wild, take that bear spray and you spray that at them as well. It can incapacitate a person. Now, if you look at all the stuff online, it's not supposed to be for people. And of course it's not. We're not supposed to spray pepper spray or mace. You can get assault for any of that stuff. However, if your life is on the line and you got that can of bear spray because of the presence of bears or feral dogs or whatever else you're encountering out there, 
Don't be afraid to use it to defend your life against any predator, whether it's a bear or a psycho. There's perhaps no other name that invokes terror in people as much as Ted Bundy. The guy has been dead for more than 35 years, but his name invokes terror. And that was the name carved into a tree deep in a national forest in Utah where my friend Josh Sloan was bow hunting mule deer. Quote, it was an old inscription and it was chilling, especially knowing Bundy lived in Utah and killed people there, Sloan said. There are other alleged Bundy tree carvings, but this one was far, far off the beaten path. Had one of the most evil people who ever walked that into a tree. There's no way to tell, but there's no question that bad people often do the worst things in remote places. A couple of years back, someone asked me what was the most dangerous thing to encounter in the woods. And this really began my dark outdoors journey. Because I said without blinking, people... There's nothing more dangerous than people, especially in remote forests, mountainous regions, suburban parks, and those kind of areas. Bad people like to do things in seclusion. We love the outdoors because it's solitude and peace, but every once in a while, the outdoors experience goes dark. If you've had an encounter with a dangerous person, survived the serial killer, or had some kind of other wild, dark outdoors encounter, including animal attack please email me at chester at chester at chestermore.com we would love to spread the word and use your story to help others learn how to survive their encounters in the dark outdoors if you would like to share your dark outdoor story email chester at chestermore.com if you would like a pdf file of my personal survival tips put survival in the subject line remember never enter the wild without in preparation